and they're not trying to fight this because it's some political thing or like you know like or in, even for environmental impacts it's just they are trying to live their life the best way that they can Welcome back to Run For Your Life. This is episode number 21. We've taken a little bit of spring hiatus here um, as we're coming out of COVID, but we're really glad to be back. And we have two really cool special guests here tonight to talk about an amazing run they did last month called the Mountain Valley Pipeline Run. So tonight we have Katie Nolan Thompson, who is the race director of Freedom's Run, and Sarah Hodder, who is our main running guru and lead here at Two Rivers Treads. And um, I'm Dr. Mark. We're going to have a nice, fun conversation with our ladies tonight about why they did this run, some of their adventures on the run, and a way you can contribute and help them reach their goal of $15,000, almost there right now. So let's just start it out. Um, You know, gosh, it was probably in the winter, and I heard you two kind of conniving about about doing some 10-day run, and you needed to borrow the van. So (laughs) you're like, Mark, can we borrow the van? And I just said, sure, not knowing that, like, the places you were going to be taking this van. (laughs) And and realize this is not a four-wheel drive, (laughs) all-terrain, jacked-up Hummer van. It's it's kind of a little little tourist commuter van. And it has about an inch and a half of clearance. With an inch and a half of clearance. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so so start start out. Tell us about why this came up and, and why you did it. So, um, this I, is Sarah. this is, yes, this is Sarah. Um, so I'll start from the very beginning. So, um, last year I was doing a run, uh, through Shenandoah National Park along the AT and, um, I posted a picture during one of my trail runs, um, or training runs and I hashtag something about AT through Shenandoah National Park. And then I got a message from this girl after that. And she was saying how she was actually, also going to be running the Appalachian Trail through Shenandoah National Park. Um, and she, uh, you know, asked me questions about like what my plan was with it and all. And we just kind of started talking and we were messaging back and forth for a while and cheering each other on for the run. Um, her run that she was going to do was actually uh, a protest run for the what's called the Atlantic Coast uh, Pipeline. And so she was going to do the Appalachian Trail through Shenandoah National Park and then add on a few miles at the end uh, uh, along the AT of where the Atlantic Coast Pipeline was actually going to cross over the AT. Um, And so we just kind of connected that way. And then I guess it was in like November or December, she randomly sent me a message and she was like, hey, so I have this idea. Um, I was thinking of trying to put together a protest run of the Mountain Valley Pipeline. Um, And I was thinking, you know, we could try to route it along the actual pipeline itself um, to try to bring awareness and raise money um, in protest of the Mountain Valley Pipeline. And I asked her how many miles that would be. And she said uh, probably around like a little over 300 miles. And I was like, all right, that sounds cool. Why not? (laughs) Um, And so... I mean, I had known a little bit about the Mountain Valley Pipeline, but I didn't know, you know, the extent of all of it. Um, And so I started researching it more and more, uh, and it really struck a chord with me, just the whole way that they've gone about trying to put the pipeline in. Um, And so we were looking for another runner uh, to take some miles for the trip. And so that is when I reached out to Katie, (laughs) and she agreed to come along. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about these pipelines. I think no one had even heard of pipelines until maybe a few weeks ago when they couldn't get any gas. <laughs> and someone had hacked into the pipeline that runs from Texas pretty much all the way up the East Coast. So the Mountain Valley pipe, 
pipeline is proposed to run through a lot of small communities in rural West Virginia, but w- what is it for and, and why is it important to raise awareness of some of the environmental issues or, and, and what, what does it take away from, like, yeah, just for, for those listening? So it's a fracked gas pipeline, um, and so it would run from Mobley, West Virginia, um, to Chatham, Virginia. So, um, it, like you said, it goes through a lot of really rural areas. Um, so it's the first. It was supposed to be proposed one of the first pipelines of its size. So it's most pipelines tend to be around 36 inches in diameter. That's usually like the standard, and this was the first one that was going to be 42 inches in diameter. Um, And then apart from that, it was also like, if you've been to West Virginia, we learned (laughs) why it's called the Mountain State. (laughs) It is just continuous mountains. It's just up and down like steep mountains everywhere that you go. And so it was also going like the terrain that it's on is not like where any other pipeline is. Like most pipelines tend to be, you know, in relatively easy terrain where you can kind of break ground pretty easily to put the pipe in but uh like the mountain terrain of west virginia it's just not safe to you know experiment with pipelines going up and down these mountains in the ground like that um i don't know if you want to chime in with a little more um and i i think just one thing to add for us is it what started out as environmental really quickly became a project actually for the people um and i know a lot of people think that that was why we were going out was the environmental impact and there is a tremendous environmental impact in us being trail runners that's a huge reason that we were initially interested as well um but one thing i'm sure we'll get into is the people that we met and understanding how it can affect them and on and you know on both sides you know we want there's two sides to every story and that's something that we were interested in and get in understanding more and this is also this is a private this is a this is a corporate company this isn't government this isn't government domain this is a private company that's coming through and putting in a pipeline so when you hear about someone's land being taken it's not eminent domain come from the government it's a private company which was a pretty big deal for all of us to hear because that's scary. That could be anyone. That could yeah, be do the people on the route. Do, do they have much choice or they they get uh, have to get out of the way? Uh, maybe they give them a little buy their house out. But how, like say this is coming through my yard and do I have a say to, to not let it come through? That's what I think is the saddest part. And I think that's part of why they chose the location um, is like, you know, I mean, West Virginia isn't known for being a relatively wealthy state. You know, it's not known for, you know, its wealth in any way. And so, like, the areas that it's going into are pretty rural and poor places. And so, if you want to fight a pipeline, you have to have money to put into it. And this is a multi billion dollar company. Like, this pipeline alone, putting it in the ground, its proposed budget was like three billion dollars it's already three billion dollars over its budget but um so it's like you have to have a lot of money to fight so none of these people can really fight to put the pipeline in um but like you were asking about like the environmental impact of its what happens is like when they go in to break ground on these pipelines uh it it impacts everything around it so they break the ground and they you know take down all these trees um and one thing that we learned from the folks there is like 
you know, they take down one tree, but by taking down this one tree, it impacts all of the trees around it. So you kill this one tree and then you're also killing off all of the trees around it. So it impacts the, like the ground, the, uh, terrain in that way, but also it just destroys people waters, people's waterways. So by going in there and destroying the ground, you're uh, disrupting all of the different waterways. And then that was another issue that they've come up with in the pipeline is they have to have permits in order to cross all of these waterways where there's all of these risks of the pipelines themselves leaking gas into the actual water, which are these people's drinking waters. It's how they exist and live. <laughs> now, is there any benefit to having, you know, for the people along there, it's delivering natural gas. So do they have less expensive fuel for their houses or is it just a conduit running through their area? So do they, can people along there benefit by having any, any, is this help them at all for fuel access or, or is it just taking up the land? The fracked gas itself doesn't benefit the communities it goes through, but I mean, you can, there's always the argument that there are jobs or um, if it does go through, you're directly through your property. If you settle, you do get money. Um, but, but quickly to answer your question, actually 95% of this gas is to be exported to Europe. Okay. So none just of the, trans- none of just the moving actual, through, moving yeah. through the land. Mm-hmm. None of through. it is here for the people that are there to actually use. And obviously, you know, with the, the jobs are really important, um, but we did find out that there's only six permanent jobs out of West Virginia that are created from this, um, and everything else is outsourced. And even in our experience, we saw a lot of pipeline trucks, and they were... Following us sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> which is pretty cool. They were that threatened by us. Uh, they were from Oklahoma and Texas and a lot of uh, states kind of in the Midwest. So that's just, that was an interesting um, takeaway from that. Let's get a little bit to the planning of the actual run now. So you, you have this idea that you don't even, like you look on a map and you don't even know if there's roads there. <laughs> and then, yeah, the ne- next step to actually showing up there day one, you know, with, with the van and some running shoes. So, you know, it's, I think anyone out there listening is probably planned for some kind of mini epic adventure run, whether it's to protest something or just to get, get outdoors for a few days. But what, what were some, some key things you guys did in, in planning for this to share with others and maybe some mistakes that you, things that you should have brought along on this trip? Because there's no, there's no REI or any place that you can get a new tent or something. Yeah. Uh, so we spent a good bit of time um, making the route on what's called Cal Topo. It's like a like backcountry um, map uh, routing website. And, you know, we then we also so we were trying to figure out how, you know, based on the route that we made, how the van was going to be able to follow the route. Um, and so then we even layered like we used Google Maps and we layered the map onto there and then tried to like break it down into segments like we were we thought we were so organized. Like we were pretty confident going in like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. Like the car will be here at this mile and this mile and this mile. And, you know, we thought we really had we're gonna run 30 miles of road at a time Uh we're gonna it's just gonna be great and I will never forget the first day when we say goodbye to Mercedes who's doing the first leg of the run and I will that I will always remember that feeling I see her leave and I just have this overwhelming excitement of yes it's finally happening three minutes later 
We have no idea where Mercedes is. We're completely lost. <laughs> the map is... Yeah, the, I was going to ask you, just... when did it first go, things go wrong? So three, <laughs> three minutes, minutes in, this grand actually, plan. Actually, three no, minutes that's not in. true. It actually was a minute before <laughs> yeah. we started because... So we created this huge file of a f the route that we made because you actually, because it's a private company, you can't actually go the route of the pipeline itself because you can be arrested. Um, so we created a route that kind of paralleled it, which ended up being 415 miles. So the plan was we were going to upload the map onto our watch, and then it would give us turn-by-turn -turn directions. So Mercedes pulls up her watch. She's trying to get the map to load, and the map will not load. So that was the first thing that went wrong because she didn't know where to go unless she had the map on her watch. So she would have no idea where she was going unless the map showed so up on the watch. She's probably not the one we'd want to take on an Arctic expedition when you're on a boat when you're when your global you know satellite goes down and you need to use the stars and the sextant. Well, none of us would have known. None no. of you need your we, GPS. We actually, looking, thinking back now, we couldn't find the start for a solid forty-five yeah. minutes. Uh -huh. It was supposed to be twenty. We ended up in someone's yard, and we did a U-turn there, and. Yeah, we had all now, kinds. Could you of ladies tell north and south? Could you? Would you be able to figure that out by? Yeah, by but then, up but you're a, on. You're literally this. It's not just us being directionally challenged. It's roads that would disappear. So you'd be like, <laughs> "All right, we're on the, we're on our way." Oh, this becomes just a grassy patch and then becomes a river. Sweet. <laughs> and that was the first solid two hours of us getting around. I think in two hours we covered three, three miles. miles. <laughs> And you had 400 to go. Yes. Well, no, 412. 412. <laughs> um, but so I think what had happened was, so we used these like map making services and all that. And we were trying to use Google Maps as well. Um, I think what had happened, we decided that a lot of these roads were put in while the, because part of the pipeline is already there. Like a lot of the pipeline is completed. Um, so we think that these were service roads that were created for the pipeline. And this was like seven years ago, and they have not been used since. So the roads don't actually exist anymore, but the maps have them on there. So every time that we tried to change directions, <laughs> it would try to reroute us back using the road that didn't exist. <laughs> so you went back to old school, just some mm -hmm. you know, exactly 1980s, 1980s. We had a ginormous map. Yes. <laughs> the Gazetteer, that little, that little book, or that giant book. Had a, everyone who traveled in a station wagon with the parents, <laughs> you know, to some oh. national park has a Gazetteer. Uh -huh. Did you have the West Virginia State Gazetteer? We did. Yeah. Oh, Google Maps back. can go straight to heck. <laughs> I will never be trusting it ever again. Yeah, I didn't even know they still sold the Gazetteer. So, so who was the person who, who was wise enough to get this Gazetteer, or even knew one existed? They probably saved your saved your life. So it was. We had a photographer that was following us the whole time, and he had one that his mom had given him because I feel like they knew yeah. <laughs> what the situation was kind of like, and so he had that as backup. So he had a good mother who, mm -hmm. who knew the yeah. Then he was he left because he had he wasn't feeling well. So oh, luckily yeah. we did ask him for it. We happened to know that he had it. But had we not had that quick interaction as he was leaving, we would probably still be in Mobley, West Virginia. Yeah, you'd be, you'd be running day. around in circles with your <laughs> Google map rerouting you. So so tell me how things then got 
so the first day sounded pretty frustrating. Did did you feel at any point like why you know why am I here? <laughs> you know, are we going to actually? We've told all these people we're going to do this run, and and now we're lost in space. So how did you how did you pull it back together? <laughs> Holding back a after lot of crying tears for and, yeah, <laughs> how many, yeah after a big cry. Uh, yeah, what what so what went right? To, this is like you know the sailors getting lost and not giving up and coming back. <laughs> well, Mercedes is the calmest one, oh. and she was the one who was running, which was fail number one. Because Sarah and I are the most frantic, anxious people ever, and she <laughs> and I are both just like white knuckled, freaking out. We have ev- tears. Yeah, the road keeps disappearing, and Mercedes, who's the one that probably could have calmed us down, is just having a great time running, and we're just. She's like the scuba divers underwater while there's like all this torrential (laughs) waves. (laughs) She's the calming force. We were back at the mothership. But we did, Sarah made the call that was really smart. We had to just cut our losses after it took us two hours to go three miles. So we needed to just go. We had met these people the day before that were about 30 miles down the road that would be able to look at the maps and hopefully tell us if our roads were actually roads because that's what we wanted at this point was just a road that that's that was really all we needed was an actual road which or we still did yeah. <laughs> so and you had like that. local scouts like real local scouts like these towns you know you find the person who's lived there their whole life and and they draw on the back of a napkin where these roads is that true is that kind of what this what these people were that you met uh, yeah i mean after the first day it we, I think word spread pretty quickly amongst Power, the organization that was helping us, um, that these girls cannot be left alone. <laughs> and so they came to our rescue and we essentially had Sherpas the rest of the, t- yeah. the time. Yeah. So as a little background, so like when like the planning was happening, there is this organization who is an incredible organization called Power, which stands for Protect Our Water Heritage Rights. Um, and so a lot of like the Zoom meetings that we had in organizing were with them. Um, and they have been fighting the pipeline since the inception of it for the past like seven years. Um, and honestly, a lot of them are probably burnt out of fighting it um, just because they've been doing it for so long. Um, but they helped a lot in organizing with us um, and like just letting us know like, you know, just, you know, little things like they were the ones who told us you can't actually go on the pipeline because you'll probably get arrested. <laughs> <laughs> so little things like that. <laughs> um, and so they actually helped coordinate um, uh, the evening before we started. We had a little dinner. And so they made calls out to the community of all the local people who have kind of been fighting the pipeline and been infected affected by it for a while um they've put calls out to these people so that you know they knew what was happening and if they were free or around if they wanted to come cheer us on they could um and so we did have them at our dinner the night before so it wasn't just a totally random person that we just found on the street but (laughs) it it kind of felt like that because we didn't know them. it was was about to be that (laughs) yeah (laughs) and that's the best part of these experiences is just meeting people you know I, I rode my bike with two friends from LA to Virginia Beach and you never knew who you would meet at the end of the day but if you were ever semi lost or wanted to know what it was like someone would just they they would take you in because they were so fascinated by what you were doing they, they, you were they would all thought, think it was crazy <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean just riding your bike to the next county to most people is crazy yeah, when yeah. They, when they I mean that sounds you, absolutely they, crazy to me yeah they're like when they hear where you're going but yeah tell us some stories about just some of the cool people you met and you know some of those experiences that you'll kind of take take with you for 
you know, the rest of your life, you know, they will you know, maybe even change something in the way you think or, or view situations. For me, the most memorable experience was meeting the LaFerriers, uh, and that was, um, oh gosh. What's a LaFerrier? The, that's their name. Oh, the family, <laughs> the family name is LaFerriers. The, the family, the LaFerriers, sorry. <laughs> Neil and Beth and their kids, and they were, um, I think it was Tuesday. Was that in, out of real, rail? It was in West Virginia. Raynell. Raynell, West Virginia. And they were just salt of the earth, just really sweet, nice family. Um, they actually aren't from West Virginia, but they had, and they both came actually from pretty, you know, high, strong corporate backgrounds. Um, and they, you know, made a lot of money and then they had a health scare and they decided to kind of reevaluate their life and decided that they wanted to live off the grid and found this piece of property in West Virginia and um it's called well, Blackberry Botanicals Farm. Yeah, Blackberry Botanicals Farm. And the pipeline goes directly through it. So of all of the places that we went, um everyone was impacted in in different ways, but their impact was unique in that it would like their it was their entire livelihood would because they're an organic farm. Um, their driveway would have been, they can't even get into their house because the, if they actually connect the pipeline where it is, it wouldn't, they wouldn't even be able to get in. Their water was going to be directly impacted. Um, and this happened, what's so sad is they bought the piece of property. And then when they went to go see their property the next time there was surveyor tape and that was the surveyor tape for the pipeline. And so they bought, obviously the person who was selling it to them knew, but they had no idea. And that was their struggle immediately. I mean, they were able to get the farm going because obviously it took a long time for the, the pipe to get in there. But um, so they shared a little bit of their story with us. But what was so fun, they were so excited to show us just their life. And they took us down to this little gas station to get pizza and cheer wine. And they insisted on paying. And it was just the sweetest interaction. And just, it was so nice of them to even do that for us. And they took us to their local swimming hole, which was so fun. And it was just the quintessential, just picturesque, fun. If you think of a just a good, simple family making the best out of their life, that's what it was. And it was just, incredible I'm gonna cry thinking about it it was just they were they were just so happy their kids I mean oh. the water was like 16 degrees it was so cold we didn't even want to get in we just did because it was like a quarry swimming hole like something like that I mean it was it was because it was April when we were there so I mean it was unseasonably warm that day but the water was still so like spring-fed freezing cold water and um, and the kids were just having a blast playing in it. Kids are also weird. They can play in cold forever. But, but what I won't forget is so like we were at their place, which is like on the top of the mountain. And so we're taking this like long, windy gravel road and like bumping around in the van to get down to the pizza place and the swimming hole. And they're in front of us in their pickup truck. And the three kids are in the back with their dog in the back too. And it's just like these kids, like, it's just you see these three kids, their hair, you know, just like flowing in the wind, bumping around, just like hugging their dog in the back of the truck, just like, like making jokes with each other and laughing and having so much fun. And it's just like, 
like just watching them drive down the road just made me want to cry because it was just like <laughs> there was just pure joy and happiness and like they just live such a simple life and it's like knowing that like this private company was coming in and was going could likely ruin all of that for them like it's just heartbreaking <laughs> we even asked them what was really um struck a chord we asked them so why stay and they don't have another option. You know, some of the other people that are affected, they could theoretically leave. They could um, move, yeah, but they're yeah, but they're, they, they they started can. a farm. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. they said you can't just pick up and go buy another hundred and fifty acres somewhere else. Yeah, and prep the soil and yeah. Tell us a little bit about you know about the running. You know, you covered how many miles, how many days. You know, what kind of terrain. You know. You know, Sarah, you're a, you've done you know multiple hundred milers, so probably the distance wasn't wasn't too challenging. But the terrain, or you know, how, how was that part of it? Just see, seeing this on foot. <laughs> terrain was like all road, which I don't run on road much. <laughs> I feel like it it was <laughs> very hard. Um, so that was very hard. But it was, I think, in the end. So we to backtrack a little bit so we had our route that was supposed to be 415 miles but because we had so many people come in from the community and like you know help us out i have to talk about this man maury that we met (laughs) maury is the greatest human that's ever existed so he he has been just like one of the people like so strongly fighting this like from the very beginning um because his farm uh is affected by it um but he knows every single road that exists in West Virginia, like by like like the back of his hand. Like it's incredible. I don't know how one brain can hold all of that knowledge. <laughs> and so he found out that we had struggles that first day. So he met up with us that evening and helped us route out the next day. And he made it his purpose for the rest of the trip to be there every single day to help us with our uh finding our way wow. and so uh, <laughs> so he uh he, and he came knew how to read a map and he knew the roads yeah. he didn't need a map he didn't yeah, need a map it was all in his head which actually <laughs> this is like you know the lewis sometimes. and clark trail when they would just find a scout you uh-huh. know, someone just knew the land uh-huh yeah he was that <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but yeah it did get a little bit hard and frustrating sometimes because he knew exactly what he was talking about but he didn't make anyone else privy to that information so he would just say you're gonna be here doing this 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 and this and we have no idea what he's talking about it became we would get moried Uh where we all of a sudden we were just at his mercy because we would be we were like so did you succeed 100 percent trust to him yes oh yeah and eventually it sounded like you either had to or you're yeah like (laughs) the more way was the correct way blind faith but before we knew him it was a little disconcerting of just like where are we going (laughs) So through Mori, we were able to reroute everything. And so we were actually able to be pretty much right along the pipeline route. So uh, the route that we had initially had like was way out from where the pipeline actually would go. So I think in the end, our route only ended up being like around 350 miles or so rather than the 415. Um, so, which was really good because we were able to have so many like pipeline crossings where we could actually like see, uh, the pipeline, um, during the run. So I think that was good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Children along the way, did you meet kids and what, do they have any 
idea about you know the youth in the in this area do they have any idea about what these pipelines are like when you ask them questions about it what was like say you had a, a second grader and they you know, you guys are the city city girls, <laughs> even though you're not. Yeah. But to, to, they're like these girls have fancy running shoes, right? <laughs> they got these bright blue topos or something. <laughs> yeah. So, so what? Yeah. What were they? What kind of questions did did they give you? And how? Uh, did we meet any? I don't. Think I mean, the only I think the Lefariers were the only kids that we met, but they were just excited to share their knowledge of their area. Yeah. Um, what about the elders? Like, say you met someone who'd lived in this area. You know their family for seventy-year-old for a few generations. But do they have any idea, uh, strong opinions about about the pipeline coming through? Yeah, I, we met a handful. Like Maury would be one person. Like, like he, he was sixth or seventh generation. Yeah, and they've had that farm just forever. Um, and he introduced us to that teacher. Remember that day at Hands oh, Creek? Yeah. Um, Jimmy. Yeah, and. I don't know how long he's been there. He he was only there about 25 years. Okay. Um, actually, I would say predominantly most of the people we met were a little bit older. Uh-huh. Um, but that's the thing is it's family farms that have been there for a lot of them had been multi-generational. The last man that we stay with, Wendell, was probably the purest man I've ever met. He was um, just outside of Floyd, Virginia. And he was, I guess they bought the property in 1896. Um but he was just so proud of his property, and his thing was it. They, it's a spring-fed house, and you can see the pipeline where they're crossing it. I mean, you can it's you can see that it's just a few feet from their spring house, and so the silt and everything else that's getting built up goes into that. So you get brown, murky water, and when you have your water, and you you have a clear glass bottle. The turbidity of it was just foul. And I mean, that's it what was, they have. That's their water, right? They that's don't, their drinking yeah, water. Yeah, that's their drinking water. No, no city water from the tank, right? right? Which is what it's, most of these people yeah. have, and, you know. Yeah, and that's what was so just wonderful about him is he was saying he doesn't care if he puts all of this work into it. He doesn't care if he fights it and doesn't get a penny. He cares about the people below him that are being affected because they probably don't have a voice and they're not directly on the route so they're definitely not going to get anything and so he's he's just really fighting but for their the water people. will be you know, yeah and he brought up such a good point that I think like really like encapsulated everything about the fight he was saying how you know like the road access that they have in front of them when they came initially and they wanted to put that road in he was okay with it because it was for the greater good it was for the benefit of everyone there when they came in and wanted to put like the phone lines in like he was okay with it because it benefited everyone but this pipeline is a private company that just wants to make money it's not benefiting anyone that's there and i feel like that was kind of like what really summarized everything about what we were learning at all during the whole trip was like it's just about the power of people and like you know like these people are just trying to make their lives like the best that it can be and they're not trying to fight this because it's some political thing or like you know like or in, even for environmental impacts it's just they are trying to live their life the best way that they can and you know like they want to look out for one another like 
you know, if the pipeline is being routed in your yard, you don't want it and you know that, but you're not going to tell someone to route it in your neighbor's yard instead. Yeah, they sound like real old school neighbors that yeah. like everywhere you went. Yeah. Yeah, they were, we like met some pretty incredible people. So any near-death experiences outside this first day where Mercedes is like running in circles and, <laughs> and you've lost her? And did you have a backup way? Like say, you did, did you even think about like losing a runner you know and what was your plan b oh, if you did that's dramatic <laughs> you, did, you, did you have flares or like carry anything walkies like that? were our backup yeah, yeah so, the walkies yeah. were they were crucial when they were working yeah so yeah anything any other kind of just near misses along the way that you're like oh my gosh next time like, i mean car i like i feel like we were running on at a lot of points there were a lot of like really busy roads that we were running on i feel like that might have yeah, runs, roads yeah. that you would not to run on <laughs> yeah. just on a nice day. No, you know, uh-huh. you would, this would not be your choice. Cars <laughs> yeah, a bunch, a bunch of final destination moments where you have the truck <laughs> with the giant logs uh, on the back of it. There were tons of timber trucks, and those were fun to drive behind slash run behind. <laughs> <laughs> and did you, did you ladies camp every night, or did you have families, or a little mix of both? It was a mix of both we were definitely very spoiled um a lot of people opened up their homes to us which was really fed you too uh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. nice yeah, yeah. i know Fresh farm eggs uh, when we were left to our own devices um our meals were actually pretty gross so <laughs> <laughs> we need to find a family tonight yeah. <laughs> we need to look we need to look cold and hungry uh-huh. <laughs> and then maybe someone will do you ladies need a meal? <laughs> oh, oh, nah. Are you sure? Oh, okay. Yeah, I know. We always have <laughs> to kind of roll the... your eyes a little bit. No, oh, no, we're fine. I got some canned beans. I know, and then and they my... see us emaciated eating <laughs> four thousand Oreos. Yeah, yeah. I guess there's some fig newtons in the car. <laughs> but one thing that I did, I thought was just so special, was like, like one night we stayed at this woman um, Becky Crabtree's place. Um, and they had like a little picnic and potluck for us and everything. Um, and uh, and it was so wild to me that we are like these people from that aren't even like impacted by the pipeline, but we just wanted to do something. And uh, people were so grateful for what we were doing. And I was blown away by that because like they were here like housing us and giving us food and like doing so much for us. And it was like we're just here running like we're like we're trying to raise awareness but like they were so grateful that we were bringing attention to them because i feel like a lot of these people have been fighting for so long and they feel like they don't have a voice anymore like it's just like like almost like their voice was coming through us now and they were just so appreciative of it it was yeah it was a little crazy to me i know they made everyone is dying to know with with all the home meals any bourbon any like any good home homemade bourbon (sighs) Mark, I we're wish. In the, you wish. Because, you know, this yes. is bourbon country, as you know. I did. I had one beer while we were out. Uh-huh. But we always had to get up at, like, 5 the next morning. And there was never any real downtime. No downtime. So, but, oh, I would have, if I had been offered some, I mean, some really would have probably back, been moonshine. And yeah, I would have yeah, very gladly had some moonshine, especially after the first day. <laughs> <laughs> is that what they call it? They call it moonshine. Yes. West Virginia moonshine. West Virginia yeah. moonshine. But maybe kind of we could sum up and um, so so you've raised close to fifteen thousand dollars and you started with a goal of like six. 
But so so the money that you've raised, wh where does it go, and what does that support? Because right now it sounds like, you know, this pipeline's not a done deal yet. You know, it's it's still like there's still opportunity to, to to halt this for those who who do want to challenge it. But but what 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 becomes of the money you've raised and and uh, you know and then maybe share how people can make a donation. So you're you're almost at your fifteen thousand goal. So maybe with this podcast, we'll kind of go right above that so the money itself we're actually splitting it so that organization that i mentioned earlier power um half of it will go to them uh to support their ongoing fight um and then the other portion of it is actually going to the monacan indian uh foundation so uh the monacan indians are actually a uh indigenous people that uh the entire the, the entire route of the pipeline actually goes through what is Monacan uh, Indian land, um, and so yeah, we were we've decided that you know in order to give to people directly impacted by it rather than just you know something like Sierra Club or something that doesn't uh, you know yeah, I'm sure it's good but it's going <laughs> staying local to yeah, people that yeah are impacted by this who can continue to make change for you know, many parts of their lives. Yeah, yeah. And I, I feel like it's a good parallel because, you know, like Indians, like where the country was founded on land being stripped from them and then the people affected by this pipeline, it's a very similar thing. Their land's being stripped from them. So I feel like it's a very good parallel too. <laughs> any any plans for another run? <sighs> Oh. <laughs> yeah. okay, give it a year. Yeah. I don't think a, we've yeah. fully processed. What yeah, happened. we haven't yeah. processed this yeah. one yet. Um, but you know, if we get another Russell and another Maury on board, heck yeah, <laughs> I'll go to the ends of the earth with yeah. those guys. No, that's that's great. No, it's a it's a wonderful story, and we're going to share on the show notes. Is there any any site now that you can we can just announce for easiest way for people to donate? would be what website right now to read about it and to make a donation. So if you actually go to mvpprotestrun.org, I think it is, um, there we actually had a local guy uh, made us a website, and on there there's a link to the GoFundMe that you can go to to um, donate so to So that's it. mvpprotestrun. Yeah, let's double-check that just to make sure, though. <laughs> oh, well, while the ladies yeah. are checking, MV oh. go ahead. MVPprotestrun.org. MVPprotestrun.org. So go to the site, read about the project, read about the run, make a donation. A um, few more things going on um, this spring. It's it's now May. So uh, Freedom's Run is open for people that want to sign up. Katie and I were just out there doing some course recon today. We may have, have a few new adventures on the course to be determined. Um, so that's going to be October 16th. We have our running camps coming up too. So you can go to uh, CampRiverRunners.org or .com. Camp, CampRiverRunners.com. So we have our middle school camp and our high school camp in mid-July, and our adult camp is going to be in August. You can look for the dates on the website, CampRiverRunners.com. Um, we're going to be starting some training groups here at Two Rivers Treads to get ready for Freedom's Run. And uh, weather's great, so get outside. Uh, running outside is probably the safest thing you can do during and after a pandemic, and I'm glad we're getting through this. And uh, it's been a long year, but we've been so appreciative of so many of our customers who've come in here. Um, we just had our first live race two weeks ago, the Harpers Ferry Half Marathon. 
and our own Jake Hall here, who is who is our sound guru. He pushed that uh, run, which had over a thousand feet of climbing, with his son Thad on a Dick Hoyt um, stroller. So hats off to Jake over there doing the sound. That that was a hard run just to run without pushing strollers so yeah the really tough course but it was really so much fun to see people out there running again smiles on people's face completely safe thing to do so um, start getting out and running trails roads whatever you like start doing that again until the next episode run for your life